Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations. Hi, I'm Joe, and I'm here to bring you the last Euronet Plus Panorama of the year. The last European Council Summit of 2023 is also currently underway just next door to our office in Brussels. But on Thursday night, leaders gave up hope of reaching agreement on an adjustment to the EU's long-term budget. While they agreed to open accession negotiations with Ukraine, they failed to conclude the mid-term revision for which read upping of the current seven-year budget, which includes increased support for Ukraine. This revision is intended to deal with the unforeseen circumstances and shifting priorities that have emerged since the budget was agreed back in 2020. And, as we mentioned in last week's episode, it must be agreed unanimously in the Council. But once again, Budapest is not playing ball. On Monday, the 11th of December, Commission EVP Valdis Dombrovskis gave an interview to Latvia's radio. He was keeping his cards close to his chest on a potential plan B, but said that he remained hopeful that an agreement could be found that Hungary would be willing to sign up to. It must be admitted that a similar situation existed last year as well, when the EC offered an 18 billion macro-financial aid programme to Ukraine for 2023, and Hungary blocked this programme until the last moment. At the last moment, however, we managed to reach an agreement. But we have started to look at some possible alternative solutions, how this assistance could be provided with the help of 26 member states, if the aid fails to be unlocked. In that case, of course, it will be necessary to urgently work on Plan B. I cannot go into details on this issue at the moment, as the focus is currently on reaching an agreement. But on Wednesday, Belgian broadcaster RTBF managed to prise a little more detail out of Belgian economist André Sapir, a professor of economics at Brussels University ULB and a researcher at economic think tank Bruegel. If we really end up in a situation where Orban says there's no way I'm going to veto, then he can veto. Either the whole thing falls apart or the 26 other countries decide to go outside the European budget and say we are putting 50 billion on the table for Ukraine outside the budgetary framework. And outside the budgetary framework, unanimity is no longer required. Of course, we now know that Plan B may need to be put into effect. But the official line is that the Council will come back to the table in early 2024. The Council did, though, decide to open accession negotiations with Ukraine, Moldova and Bosnia-Herzegovina, as well as to recognise Georgia's candidate status. But as a country with both more people and more poverty than the six countries of the Western Balkans combined, integrating Ukraine would clearly place the bloc under unprecedented financial and social pressure. Although it receives few subsidies, Ukrainian agriculture is already highly competitive. And after the Russian invasion, the EU opened duty-free solidarity corridors to allow Ukrainian exports to continue. These routes pass through Ukraine's neighbouring countries, which have seen their farmers face competition from cheaper products. Cheaper partly because they do not have to comply with the EU's environmental and health rules. Considering this situation unfair, 
Poland, Hungary, Romania, Bulgaria and Slovakia blocked imports of Ukrainian cereals last April. These five member states are to meet soon, Bulgarian Agriculture Minister Kirill Vatev tells BNR, adding that their representatives will insist on additional support next year to make up for the preferential treatment the EU is currently offering Ukrainian exporters. In the meantime, Poland's brand new Prime Minister, Donald Tusk, was making all the right noises about support for the beleaguered nation in his inaugural address to the Polish Parliament earlier this week, as Polski Radio reports. I can no longer listen sometimes to some European politicians from other Western countries who say something about being tired of the situation in Ukraine. They are tired. They say this to the President Zelensky's face, that they no longer have the strength, that they are exhausted. I would like to say that it is Poland's task, the task of the new government, but it is the task of us all to demand loudly, firmly, that the entire Western community show full determination in helping Ukraine in this war. I will do that from day one of my work as a Prime Minister. It remains to be seen, of course, precisely what form this promised support will take and whether it will lead to a softening of Warsaw's position on agricultural imports. On Wednesday, just a day before the Council summit got underway, the Commission announced the release of Hungary's 10 billion euros of cohesion funding, which had previously been blocked owing to rule of law concerns. Some have questioned the timing of this decision, even suggesting there was an element of blackmail involved ahead of the critical EU summit. According to Luxembourgish Prime Minister Luke Frieden, however, the decision to unblock these funds was entirely unrelated to Hungary's position on Ukraine's accession and the budget review, and made on the basis of objective criteria. 100.7 shares his comments. I would not mix one thing with the other. For me, it is important that everyone clearly says that we support Ukraine, that everyone clearly says that Europe is a club where the rule of law, where the principles of democracy, freedom and prosperity are supported. That is what today is about. It is therefore much more than a purely administrative decision. Another critical economic debate currently underway at EU level is the imminent reform of the Stability and Growth Pact. Essentially an attempt to coordinate budgetary policies across member states, this pact has been suspended since 2020 due to the COVID-19 health crisis, but it is likely to be reinstated in January 2024. At present, the pact limits a member state's budget deficit to 3% of its GDP and its public debt to 60%. It also sets out disciplinary measures for countries that fail to reduce their surpluses quickly enough. However, Italy, for one, has just further increased its deficit and said that it will not return to the 3% ceiling until 2026, with virtually no debt reduction during this period. The reform under discussion aims to relax the current requirements for budgetary consolidation by offering each country tailor-made debt reduction trajectories spread over a number of years, as well as incentives for investment. Yet Germany, the EU's largest economy, which is under pressure itself right now, is insisting that highly indebted countries such as Italy reduce their debt by at least 1% of GDP every year. Belgian economist André Sapir explains the problem to RTBF. Non niveau de debt. 
Our debt levels have risen sharply and we are facing a number of financial commitments including of course the climate challenge, the demographic challenge and therefore more and more demands on our national budgets. We want to avoid the kind of crisis we had with Greece, Italy and other countries during the famous Eurozone sovereign debt crisis. We don't want to go back there, and at the same time, we want to have enough money to meet our commitments to Ukraine. Facing significant domestic pressure, Rome is pressing for the new rules to be more lenient. Italy's PM, Giorgia Maloney, has said that her country would wield its veto if the changes could impact negatively on the Italian economy. She has also pledged not to ratify the separate but related reform of the European Stability Mechanism or ESM, the Eurozone bailout fund, without a satisfactory deal on the stability pact. Milan's Radio 24 is following the debate. The only thing I am not willing to do is give my consent to a stability pact reform that not only this government, but no future Italian government would be able to fulfill. As you know, and as I have shown throughout my life, I'd rather be accused of being isolated than to have sold Italy out, as others have done. There seems to be universal agreement that the previous system did not work very well and that reform is necessary. Indeed, in this context of rising debt, even if the decision were taken to enforce the old rules, very few countries would be able to comply with them. So the general consensus seems to be to make the rules more realistic. And last but certainly not least, the agreement reached on Wednesday at another summit namely the COP28 climate conference in Dubai, marks a historic global compromise that for the first time calls for the phase-out of fossil fuels. The agreement has been lauded around the world, including by conference hosts the UAE, other Arab nations, the EU and many of its individual member states, the USA and Australia, as Greek Euronet Plus member station Sky reports. Germany's Foreign Minister Annalena Baerbock was feeling emotional and full of hope as the conference drew to a close, says AMS, describing the agreement reached as the beginning of the end for fossil energies. This text is for us as the European Union, as Germany, just the starting point. We have decided now on a transition to phase out fossil fuels. We have decided now that this way can be walked only together. If we are supporting the most vulnerable here in the world, if we are providing the technologies that everybody is capable of bringing together the fight against the climate crisis and justice. So this COP is not only about deciding that we are going together renewable, this COP is also about deciding that we are walking the path of climate justice together. Yet it's important to note that no specific timetable or commitment was set out for phasing out fossil fuels, and that this transition relates only to the energy sector. So, while the move is a clear step in the right direction, and gives cause for hope, the proof of the pudding will be in the eating. And that's me, signing off for 2023. Enjoy the festive season and make sure you come back on January the 12th to start a new year of news reviews from the Euronet Plus Network.